You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. And welcome to the Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. Hey, hey. Howdy, howdy. Let's hey now. get rowdy. What's up? <laughs> ah, same old, same old. Uh, I think we finally, uh, I think we finally calmed down enough and, and relaxed after uh, last Saturday. Yeah, you're, and you're like, man, do we got to wait all those many days in order to talk about the game? <laughs> I tell you what, I think we could be talking about this game for a long, long time. Oh, you mean as long as the, we have talked about the damn game, the the, the last the, the last Alouettes collapse after the almost the same amount of times back in 2017 to a certain Winnipeg team? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> like, new, new team, who dis? Yeah, exactly, who this? Um, so the Alouettes... Pull one out, uh, first by coming back from 11 points down uh, with about a minute 40 left in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. um, going into overtime and some some amazing, amazing feats by many players. And, um, you know, I don't I don't care what uh, I don't care what uh, what uh, uh, Stampeder fans say. Uh, one, uh, they signaled touchdown. And you can't review, you couldn't review it uh, on both those touchdowns. Still, they were touchdowns. And two, I think a lot of people are actually finally saying after thinking about it, and you know, having a couple of days to think about it and look at it again, you know, that that kind of is a kind of a good thing. Um, that the uh, uh, that Rogers was out of bounds. None of none of this garbage crap where it's oh the link the, the, the conspiracy theory. Now they want the they want the Owls to win. Come on. It was, it was, it was, you know, at the our angles that they had, it was clear. It was just barely, but it was clear that he was out of bounds. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'll even offer up this, and I'll say this about any team, whether it's your team that wins or loses or what have you. I don't care what it is. Once again, if you put your fate in the hands of the referees, you're going to get screwed every single time. That's really what it comes down to. You want to avoid all these controversial calls you want to avoid video replay hijinks and what have you score more points that's what you got to do score more points right i have a call coming in cliff it is the uh the cfl's head of uh of officials and uh, uh you've been fined uh, <laughs> you have been suspended for the next podcast that's what i get for thinking out loud <laughs> i'm curious to know if if it wasn't did uh Hasn't been released yet, actually. But uh, do, you, do you think Coach Dickinson got fined too for his uh, about a way of saying that the referees sucked? <laughs> uh, well, I haven't heard anything yet. But usually it's Thursdays when they announce the fines and uh, and what have you. The only thing I've heard so far is that there won't be any likely won't be any suspensions as part of that little uh, brouhaha that happened before the game. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit, just yeah, yeah, to sort of set the table. Sure, uh, go ahead. 
uh, gosh, a pregame warm-up and uh, didn't see it because TSN didn't quite uh, cover as much as what, uh, let's say, the radio would do or anything like that. But uh, there was a, a bit of a skirmish between the two teams. Uh, it started with uh, Tommy Campbell and, uh, uh, gosh, his name, uh, Winton um, McManus, I think is his name. Uh, apparently, the, the two of them were jaw-jacking at the 50-yard line. And uh, things got a little heated and uh, eventually... Uh, Fist started being thrown, and then of course everybody gets uh, gets into it a little bit, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of uh, a couple of sucker sucker punches, I have to say, yeah, and blood. I, I, blood, blood, I, blood was bled. And I, I will say there was uh, there was one from Montreal actually that uh, that came in and uh, kind of dummied <laughs> another player for Calgary, yeah. and I can't defend that. I really can't. It's like. I, I got no problem with getting into a fight. I know things get heated, uh, heat of the moment, you know, things happen, but do it properly. And the fact that he went in, took a swing, and then kind of ducked behind his teammates, uh, we can't be having that. Like, if you're going to fight, fight properly. Like, be a man, sort of, sort of speak. Like, uh, I mean, again, I don't condone fighting by any stretch of the imagination, but if you're going to, if you've decided you're going to take that route, then you got to own it and, and, and see it through. So that kind of set the tone for the evening a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. No uh, kidding. I, I think it kind of fired up both teams a little bit. Although, mind you, that first half of football was kind of quiet, all things considered. Yeah, it uh, was. It was, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. Uh, you know, the Alouettes went into McMahon, as we mentioned last week. They hadn't won it there in, since 2009. Um, it, it was one of those games, man. Seemed that it seemed that everything everything that could have happened happened, and uh, uh, as you said, it, it was what it was fourteen uh, six at halftime, and we only had two field goals. I was thinking, oh lord. Yeah, but you know what? This is the kind of game that Vernon Adams has been playing his this entire the entire season since he's been the starting quarterback of the Alouettes. It's been like the first half of boring football where they're just kind of doing just enough to hang around, and I think while that's happening. He's figuring out the defense. And then, again, you talk about halftime adjustments. He does that. He, uh, It almost feels like he cracks the code. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, he just turns it on. Like I say, I, I keep saying this, but he flips the switch. And then all of a sudden, the Alouettes snap into place, and they become a threat, like both offensively and defensively. Yeah. And that's just what he does. And sure enough, he, he came alive in the second half uh, through a couple of touchdowns, uh, even when the chips were down. Like, it, it, you, you got the sense that okay, he's gonna get, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do this, and again, I, I can't say enough good things about Vernon Adams as quarterback for the Alouettes because he puts this team on his back and he wills them to victory. It's it's incredible to watch him play, and just the the the, the last minute and forty seconds of this game, down by eleven, and we were already getting the tweets like the from the Calgary folks and everybody else was just. Resigned to the fact that okay, Montreal is going to blow it again, or you know they they did they, they had a good effort, but no, no, the losing streak is going to continue. And people are leaving. I heard too at, at McMahon. It's like, are you stupid? If you've been around the CFL long enough, you know, no hashtag no lead is safe. Exactly. Like people were were ducking out early, and even in his post game presser, like Kahari Jones saw that, and he was smiling. It's like you guys are going to miss something special, and sure enough, sure enough. What I I I'm, I'm, I I can begin to express just how incredible those like down by eleven with a minute forty to go and this team just everything that they needed to do just to get into overtime they did it it was 
it was incredible. Yeah, I, I actually thought that they were going to, uh, that they were going to, it wasn't going to go into overtime where they, they thought the Owls were going to score a touchdown. But, um, you know, it's, they, they, you know, it didn't matter. They, they got it done in OT. It was, a, it was a fantastic overtime. So it's, does this game, does this game um, live up to the, to the Canada, to the Canada Day Classic versus Saskatchewan? I'd say you can put it up there. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about two two teams that were scoring major points. Uh, I mean, two defenses that were playing extremely well, and then overtime, like where literally you needed both games, both mini games of overtime to really decide it. And it comes down to third down for Calgary. Like they had, they had to score. They had to get into the end zone to just just to, just to tie the game and possibly win it with a two point convert if they scored the touchdown. Right. I mean. <laughs> That unbelievable, like yeah. just unbelievable football. I mean, it was unbelievable ten or oh, sorry nine years ago in Saskatchewan uh, for that Canada Day Classic that you're talking about. But this game right here, I would put that right up against it as far as pure entertainment value goes. Oh, yeah, sensational. Like and the, I, what I'm loving to see, and I, we've been seeing this for the past few days now. The love for Vernon Adams and oh, just the respect that people are now finally people are finally waking up and realizing, hey, Montreal's got a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm seeing a lot of comparisons of him to Anthony Calvillo, and, and with too, no disrespect to, to Vernon, too early. He's definitely well, yeah, definitely too early, but he's not Anthony Calvillo. And you know what? I don't want Vernon no, Adams. No, because he's Calvillo. Vernon. Yeah, I was like, he's Vernon Adams. I want Vernon Adams to be Vernon Adams. Yeah. Let him cut his own path to glory. Let him become his own guy. Like he doesn't have to be the second coming of anybody. He should just worry about being the first coming of Vernon Adams. And I think he's going to do that. And it's hard not to get excited about just what he's done so far and what the future is going to hold for this team because they are definitely on the right track. They are doing something that hasn't been done in a good long while here in Montreal. Like fans are excited to watch this team. And I'm talking not just talking about fans in Montreal, I'm talking fans throughout Canada. I think now watching the Alouettes has become must-see TV because now you just can't believe just how good this team is considering all the nonsense that's happened earlier this season. All the drama, all the all the off-field stuff, it almost doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. People are just focusing now on what's going on during the game. And if you tune into an Alouettes game, I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, you are going to be entertained. Win, lose, or well, we haven't had a draw yet. But we, almost, we, we almost had a draw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of the game and how entertaining it was, we were lucky enough to have Alouette's wide receiver Gina Lewis on the show with us this week, and we will we'll be speaking with him very shortly uh, about his career, about what's he, you know, about his thoughts on the team, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, um, but yeah, it was. Uh, stay tuned for that. Um, if anybody did know, I mean, the, the Alouettes did win 40-34 in double overtime. Just overtime, whatever. Overtime. Um, and, um, you know, there are there were a lot of things that did come out of this game that we do want to talk about. Because I will admit, you know, the, it's still, the the command center was still a thing that, that needs to be talked about. There was, um, you know, there were... Yeah, potential hits to the head and it's there are a whole bunch of things that i think that that really do need to be talked about but we we obviously want to give props to the team itself considering what they did and how they came back um i wasn't able to find out if this was the latest in the fourth quarter that the alouettes have come back in the regular season for a win cliff uh, if i get that confirmation from uh, from steve daniel 
I will I will send that out on social media. Uh, but what I do know, Cliff, with this overtime win, obviously it was the first time that we had won in McMahon since 2009. But some other interesting tidbits about this game itself is I thought, and I don't know, I think you saw this one, but I wanted to know what your thought on, on this was. Um, first and foremost, it was uh, the last time that the Alouettes actually had two overtime games in the regular season was back, would you believe, all the way back in 1996. That's incredible. Yeah, that would that would be the first year that the me since of the return of yeah. the Montreal Alouettes. Just yeah. to let you folks know. Yeah, and the other thing that I thought was very interesting after doing some some uh, historical research is that the last time that the Alouettes and Stampeders went to overtime at McMahon, that was back in the 2003 season opener. Would you believe, Cliff? Montreal rallied from a 13. 13- Fourteen point fourth quarter deficit to beat Calgary twenty three twenty. Wow, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. I mean, I, I saw that. So I was like, "Are you kidding me?" That that was just too perfect. That was just too perfect. So. Um, I don't. I don't know if our buddies over at uh, CFL Horsemen are going to on their uh, on this day in Stampeder history. I don't know if they're going to focus on those uh, those moments in particular. Nah. But uh. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not not at all. Not at all. But we, let's let's talk about the game here, Cliff. As we mentioned, so the Alouettes scored twenty two points in the uh, in the second half, um, and then twelve points in overtime to win. Um, overall. Team, uh, some players for the Alouettes, and I know we'll admit for the Stampeders, had some absolutely monster games. Some really, some amazing, amazing games this week. The plus side on this one is that the Alouettes had a net offense of 558 yards. 75 plays were run, and the average 7.4 yards a play. That's crazy. Uh, Calgary had 465, but that's fine. That's fine. They, uh, you know, Alouettes did not give up uh, 400 yards uh, passing. That, that's good. That's good. Uh-huh. Uh, um, Vernon Adams and by, uh, Vernon Adams had a, had an absolutely uh, a, a amazing day. I mean, he was thir- uh, 32 of 50, 32 of 50 for 389 yards. Can't that you can't can't that that's that's an amazing game. Also, uh, in backup form for uh, William Stanbeck. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson uh, went off for uh, 13 carries for 107 yards. That's an 8.2 average. Mm-hmm. And then the big stats, besides Vernon, we had two receivers over 110 yards this week. Devere Posey, 10 receptions on 15 targets for 181 yards. The, the, the crazy stat about that one is, dude, is that he didn't have a single touchdown. That's crazy. It's unbelievable, and especially coming off, uh, finally coming off the six-game injured list, yeah. and uh, it kind of in relief now for BJ Cunningham, who now goes on the six-game injured list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Posey just had himself a phenomenal game. I mean, you're right; he didn't score a touchdown, but man, some of those catches and runs that he had with uh, thanks to Adams, yeah, s- sensational. I mean, the the kid is a baller, 100 percent, and a bona fide playmaker. And I was excited to know that Posey was coming back because I really wanted to see how he and Vernon Adams were going to connect because you've seen, you've seen already the relationship between Quan Bray and Vernon Adams. You've seen the relationship between Jake Winecki and, and Vernon Adams. The one thing we haven't really seen so far yet, and because he's been injured for most of Mm -hmm. uh, Vernon's time with the uh, starting quarterback position is Devere Posey. And that was a huge question mark for me was just how well are these guys going to connect? 
Well, I mean, when you, <laughs> I tell you what, folks, 181 yards, uh, especially like a 58-yard bomb to to move the chains. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it, I, it, I, thing of beauty. I, thing of beauty. Also, uh, Eugene Lewis had set a, a career high uh, with 114 yards receiving. That was on 10 catches and 16 targets. He had a touchdown. He technically had two, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, surprisingly enough, we didn't have very many bad things to say about Boris Beta. He, he was perfect on the day. It was, that was actually a very good thing to see. The one thing that I mentioned to you that I thought, I think we were, I can't remember if it was post-game when I mentioned this to you, or if it was during the, during overtime, where I thought that we were about to have our third straight game with a, where the twos went against the Alouettes. And obviously I'm referring to, uh, I'm referring to the, the two kickoff returns uh, against the Alouettes that caused that was, uh, you know, for a loss. The two pick sixes versus Saskatchewan that turned into a loss. And I was thinking that these two passes intercepted against Vernon Adams were going to cause a loss. But luckily they did not. Um, what? Oh, and by the way, and the other twos, which happened, by the way, also happened to be uh, Reginald uh, Biggleton. Uh, those were two also. I mean, he, I know he, he ran out, got in a four, but those first two drives in the second half was the second half of the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter? Fourth quarter? Was that the fourth quarter. Yeah, fourth quarter. I thought was that that was the that was the nail in the coffin. You know, not yeah. only did you know, okay, the one, okay, bad coverage all around, but the second one where Taylor Loeffler, uh, as you put it the other day, blew a tire and unfortunately is out with a with an ACL tear. Um, that really wasn't his fault. That was the other touchdown. And I thought, oh man, it's done. I thought I actually thought they were done. Uh, I said I thought the twos were going to come back to bite us again. Not without question, and. Yeah, it's easy to get discouraged when you see that kind of broken coverage. And again, I'm not blaming Loeffler necessarily for his, as I said, blown tire. Just sometimes that happens. The turf monster will get you one way or another. But uh, yeah, it's it's very easy to see how discouraged. Like a lot of people thought, okay, well, now the Alouettes are back to their old tricks, uh, back to losing. uh, But again, it's it's incredible. Just the you you could tell the team that, and they're just not going to listen. They're not having any of that. They just put their nose to the grindstone and just went back to work. And they knew what they had to do to get just to get within striking distance. And the odds were absolutely astronomical. Yeah. I mean, it's one, okay, fine. Scoring the touchdown. You, you can see that happening, but then knowing that you had to recover the onside kick with yeah, less than a minute remaining. Yeah, and, and then as we have seen in years past, it is not, it is not a given in the CFL in any way. Sure. I think the, I would say that, that uh, unless somebody proved me wrong, please, please do. I, I don't care on this one, but I mean, it's. I would think that the it, it's the you know the odds of getting it. They may think they may be a little bit higher in the CFL than they are in the NFL on onside kick return uh, recovery, but still, it is tough to get one to get one of those. And we're just lucky enough to have have a guy who is as tall as Gino to who was able to go up and, and grab that thing. I mean, talk. You talk about special teams. Like they have really come alive over the past couple of weeks, especially after getting their lunch eaten for them against the Red Blacks with those two touchdowns. Uh, they come back against Saskatchewan, score a, a touchdown of their own, and then just to see this special teams effort, absolutely phenomenal. And it's funny because uh, Calgary's got one of the more dangerous returners in Terry Williams, but they, for the most part, kept him honest yeah. throughout the day. Like he was only able to get forty-three yards on on returns. It's uh, 
or sorry, not oh, just a little over a hundred yards all purpose uh, for returns. But I mean, they they kept them honest and didn't let uh, you know they weren't they weren't able to break out a touchdown, but they also were able to prevent touchdowns too. So I mean, that's that's pretty good. I mean, like this special teams unit, we took them to task and they've responded and very positively, I might add. And I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Yeah, Ryan Shakir was also kept in. Uh, sorry, Shakir Ryan was also kept in check pretty well too this week. But that's about yep. to happen after coming off, uh, you know, coming off of what happened, uh, you know, the week prior. Well, and that's that's a case of teams preparing. Like when you do stuff like that, when when you're William Stanback and you post 200 yards rushing, people are going to all of a sudden start game planning for you. If you're Shakir Ryan and you break off a touchdown against the Riders, taking one back to the house, 100 plus yards, they're going to start game planning for you. Like that's that's the thing is that you got to be ready for that. Like now. You make noise like that, people will listen. They will pay attention. And well, the plus is too that luckily for the Alouettes, they actually have a guy who's. If they don't go to Shakir, you know, uh, if they do go ahead and put the defensive back Greg Reed back there, we've seen what he can do too, and he showed what he can do versus Saskatchewan. So it's, it, it's, it's, you know, we have a technically a dual threat. So it's I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And same thing with uh, if Ryder Stone sit back there too. He's he's done a pretty good job also in kickoffs. Absolutely. Like there's there's some weapons on this team now, and it's just a matter of being able to use them to your your full advantage. And th- I think this coaching staff now it's taken them it took them a little while at first, but now they seem to really know. I think at this point who they can rely on, who they can count on to make plays happen. I mean, again, you're not expected to bust out a touchdown every single time you step on the field. Be nice, but it's not going to happen. But just knowing just knowing that. Certain guys, you give them the opportunity, you create lanes for them, they will make plays happen. And that's something that's been lacking on all aspects of the field for a long time for the Alouettes. And it's just it's refreshing to see not only these players reacting to adversity and doing so in a positive manner, but the fact that they, they can be coached and they learn from their mistakes. And it almost feels like they make a mistake once, but they don't make it a second time. And that's huge. That makes a huge difference when it comes to playing your opponents. And it just makes for better football all around. Yeah, that's true. We might as well go ahead. Let's get to the fun stuff here, Jerry. Let's, let's talk about this overtime because I know there's a few things that you wanted to mention before we get to the uh, interview with Gino. So it's uh, – uh, this overtime was – was there was so much in this overtime. Um, I, I don't know – I don't really don't know where to start. I mean, it could have been anywhere from um, – the, the plays on third down, you know, uh, touchdown. What is a touchdown? Uh, that type of thing, and then the, and then the uh, final call at the end of the game, uh, where Eric Rogers' foot was just off the turf, in my opinion. And I think you know, I think they got that one right. But what was your what was your thought overall with overtime and and what basically what all fans watching this game, especially the fans of these two teams, had to go through. Well, I compared this this is this is a, like a heavyweight boxing contest like between Nick Arbuckle and Vernon Adams, and both these guys were just throwing haymakers. Uh, I mean, Arbuckle in overtime finding Reggie Bagleton, not a surprise there for scoring a touchdown. Uh, Vernon Adams responding in kind, like just marching the team down and plunging ahead. And I, I tell you what, like this this was fun. Like this was a fun first mini game because both teams came out swinging and they both had to make plays happen and they did. And it was, it was phenomenal. And then when the second game got underway, I, I, I was very surprised with the, when Vernon Adams connected with Eugene Lewis, that was a touchdown. I'm sorry to say, I don't know what, 
I don't know what the command center was thinking or what they saw that we absolutely absolutely did not. Yeah, I thought it had to be. I thought it had to be a, a given. You know, you have to have clear. Well, a clear view, unless there was a view that we did not get to see, which I'm kind of noticing that we we don't necessarily always see the always see the angles that they do in uh, in the command center in Toronto. Well, of course we don't. But what I did see though was the ball broke the plane mm-hmm. before Eugene Lewis was down. As far as I'm concerned, and the last time I checked, that's what constitutes a touchdown: is you have to break the plane with the ball yep. before being down, and he did. So I, I'm baffled as to why. What did they see? Or, or they're just, they, they just don't want to admit that they screwed up. That's the only thing I can think of is they blew that call. And again, it didn't matter because the next play, Vernon Adams plunged in and scored the eventual game-winning touchdown. But it still blows my mind that like I, I looked at this play numerous times. I'm like, Eugene crossed the line with the ball. He broke the plane long before his butt hit the ground. And that's what they're saying. Like He was down by contact. Before he he scored the touchdown, I'm like, no, he was not. No. What's funny I, I, is that they get that one, in our opinion, wrong, and yet they get the one on the you know the call goes the way that it does um, on the last touchdown, on the last non-touchdown at the end of the game. Uh-huh. It, 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 and I, I I was pretty much on pins and needles throughout the entire series, just watching like first on first down, Nick. Well, for, first for Calgary, Don Jackson goes on a little run. To set up first and goal, yeah, yeah, like right away, like oh, that that had that that deflate the balloon feeling, yeah. So it was like, oh god, this is just going to be like a formality. But again, this Alois defense, they just they come to play. Mm-hmm. It was great. It's like just Nick Arbuckle getting wrapped up with a sack. Yeah, uh, the only other game. Yep, uh, Patrick Levels, man. I tell you what, like he was he he was fired up the entire game, and I think part of it maybe because of the fact he finally got his Grey Cup ring from Calgary. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think that may have been a bit of a motivating factor. Like, yeah, I don't, this like this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here in Montreal is because I want to bring one of these to Montreal. Yeah. And yeah, he he was playing like a man possessed, and I'm I'm here all day for that. But then the incompletion to uh, I, I forget which uh, receiver Arbuckle didn't complete to, but came down to third down. This is for all like and it, again, folks, like this is literally the last play of the game unless he scores. And he, again, Eric Rogers, like he, he'd been a, pretty much a ghost throughout the game. Like it was all Reggie Begleton for the most part. Like I was, so I'm a little surprised that they decided to go with Rogers this time, but uh, yeah, as soon as he leapt up and you saw like his foot touched down on the white, I mean, automatically you start celebrating. Like, oh my God, they did it. They did it. Yeah. But of course all scoring plays are reviewed and that's why. Or potential scoring plays. Yes, that's right. But and again, I'm sitting there looking too. I'm like, okay, yeah, he does have the foot down, and there was even that little bit of the toe drag. Uh huh. But I, again, like I, I looked at a few different angles, and I'm sorry, but he didn't have. I it wasn't convincing enough to me, and clearly it wasn't convincing enough to the command center. And as they say, you live by the command center, you die by the command center, and I think that applies for both teams. Like, I I, I don't want to believe it's a makeup call by any stretch because they didn't get the Gene Lewis touchdown right, but. Man, this it, it was tough, and I, in a way, I do feel for Calgary fans. It's it's tough to feel like you got jobbed on. A, I think, believe me, we saw that last week uh, or the week before in uh, versus Saskatchewan. Like you only get to play for an, an hour delay, and you call the game, and it's not even completed. That sucks. Yeah, but to, and, consider, and, and, but to call that, but to call that a makeup call for the Alouettes, that's no. No, it's not like that at all. No. It's 
at the end of the day, and like I said earlier, if you put your your if you, if you put the game in the hands of the referees, you're going to walk away disappointed every single time. At the end of the day, find find ways to score more convincing touchdowns and do it more often, and don't put yourself in that situation. If it really bothers you that the CFL command center quote unquote didn't get the call right or they blew the call, well, you know what? That's just how football is sometimes. It's not fair. Football loves nobody. And you know what? At the end of the day, the one thing I'm going to take away from this game more than anything else is the fact that the Alouettes did everything that they had to do just to get into overtime, and they just wanted it that much more to get the win. Yeah. And I couldn't be more proud of this franchise. Like they, It was a phenomenal game. Like Vernon Adams proved without a shadow of a doubt that he is the man here in Montreal and that's how it's going to stay. Yeah, yeah. And there are a couple of things that I, I want to talk about when it comes to the command center and some of the other stuff that we want to talk about. But you know what? Let, we will do that and talk about the game, obviously, coming up this week in, in, uh, in Moncton. Uh, but before we do that, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, uh, we spoke with, uh, uh, with Alouette's wide receiver, uh, Gene, Gene Lewis. And uh, we want a very interesting conversation, and uh, we'll get to that right now. And when we get back, uh, we will uh, we'll finish up the show. Well, on the line with us this week is a uh, wide receiver with the Alouettes who I can honestly say that if you don't have his number yet for your, jer- your new jersey that you need to get, you need to get his number on there now because this guy <laughs> is going to perform. Uh, on the line with us now is wide receiver number 87, Gene Lewis. Hey, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, uh, one kind of shit I wanted to ask you, and I know you and I talked about this a while back when you and I first met, I think, at, at training camp. Um, your mm-hmm. father, Junie Lewis, it was very well known when he played at the University of South Alabama uh, for basketball. Mm-hmm. What made you choose football over basketball? Yeah, so um, I, have a very, I have a very athletic family um, and a very competitive so, like you said, my dad, he played at South Alabama. My sister plays at Seton Hall now for her last year. And then my cousin, she actually just committed to West Virginia to play basketball. Um, uh, and for me, it was more of uh, I've been playing football for just since I was seven. And I really didn't start playing organized basketball until I was in about seventh, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I just, the love for the game of football um, was just always on my heart. Um, I love basketball. Uh, to this day, I miss it so much. Uh, but I just feel like uh, over the years, um, my heart was just so deep in the football that that's the reason why I picked it over basketball. What in particular what? made you choose then, though? I mean, as you said, it, it, it was such a strong thing in your heart for to play basketball, uh, to play football. But obviously, as I said, you're, you know, a lot of many parts of your family play basketball. Your, I said your dad was very well known for it. What in particular made you choose it, though? Um, honestly, is this uh I don't really think it was a specific thing that like, that was like one day I just want to I want to play football. I just think because I was playing it longer, okay, um, and especially like organized football, um, I think that had a big deal of it. I know growing up, my mom, um, she put me in football, uh, you know, to keep me out of trouble, uh, you know, keep me busy, and um, you, you know, just to, for for fun. And uh, I just always found um, uh, football just it was uh, very exciting to me. It's a different, it's a different atmosphere of playing basketball and playing football, you know, being inside and outside and, right. and all that type of stuff. I just, um, I just, I just always loved uh, the, 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 the action the football brought, brought to it. I love, I love contact. So I get, get to make more contact in football. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> well, talk about, it's funny. It's 
you got the basketball genes in you because again we talked about last Saturday's game that jump ball no on kidding. the onside kick recovery <laughs> that's a basketball move right there that was there, amazing <laughs> that's a, that's someone who's gone for a jump yeah. ball or two in his time <laughs> yeah no nah, that's for sure I've definitely I've used that move in basketball a few few times in my in my in my life so uh, it it was very it was very natural to me I can say that. What what was your what was your reaction when you heard that they were gonna be I guess using you as the main guy on that on the uh, on the onside kick? Were you is it hard to keep something like that to yourself and not give it away? Because obviously you don't want to give away that that's what you guys were going to do. But uh, when you first heard that that was the play call, what was your thought? Uh, I'm, I was excited. Uh, you know, it was so much going on and everything was going so fast. It was it was really like this was it right here. Like this was going to really determine the game. And um, you know, as a unit. Um, on that onside kick team, everybody really did their job. You know, Boris made a great kick. Um, there was a couple of guys that actually took some big hits uh, <laughs> that I didn't have to end up taking. Um, you know, that I appreciate for. Uh, but yeah, like while I was while everything was going on, I, I heard guys getting hit like boom, 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 and I'm like, and I'm thinking like, man, I might be next because I'm looking at the ball. I'm not looking at the guys coming coming at me. You know, so um, you know, it, it just so happened that it, it worked out the right way. Um, had the opportunity to go make a play, made it happen, and uh, you know it, 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 it basically helped us get that win out there in Calgary. Was the the play the same even though you guys had just been penalized ten yards, or or did they or did they keep it the same play? It stays the same. Yeah. Um, it, it, though that that doesn't really determine uh, you know uh, just just because of getting a penalty, it, it really stays the same. Um, the only difference is if we get it, we'll probably be a little bit further back, mm-hmm. and we'll probably have some more things to do on offense. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cliff. Okay. Uh, again, talk about just the overall atmosphere of the game. Like, I mean, talk uh, without question, the game of the year thus far in the Canadian Football League. But just from your perspective as a player on on the field, talk to us about just the emotions of going through everything. Like, just from being 11 points down to getting to overtime and then finally getting to win. Like, and you being a big part of all that. Like, just talk about your experience of the game itself. Yeah, so really, it really just started in the, in the beginning. I had got interviewed uh, before the game had started, and they were telling us, they were basically telling me, you know, we haven't won there in 10 years, and I didn't know that. So uh, um, I really don't, I really wasn't thinking about those type of things. But, you know, uh, 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 those those are other things that make you more hungry to really get the win. So, you know, when, with, when we were down those 11 points, you know, with a minute 54 left or whatever it was, um, it was it, it was a situation where you have to stay in the middle. Like, you can't get too high and you can't get too low regardless of what happens. And um, it's a lot of ups and downs going going on. Like, you know, the crowd's going crazy. They basically think that they got the win already, you know, because it, there wasn't a lot of things going our way at that point in time. But we started making things happen. You know, touchdown happened fast. Onside kick happened fast. And then the field goal happened fast. And then over time, uh, you know, it was it was a war. I'll tell you that it was a war. Like, those, the last three minutes of a CFL game, is 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 so much that can happen in the last few minutes. Oh, for sure. Uh, I I just tell you, just sitting on my couch watching the game, like I was sweating. I was having heart palpitations. <laughs> I can only imagine what you guys have been going through. It was just insane. Like that, like talk about excitement. Like that was that was phenomenal, man. That was just. A, a fantastic win. Uh, I want to ask you though about these touchdown that you scored in overtime. I don't care what the CFL command center said. Yeah, <laughs> you broke the plane uh, with the ball before your butt hit the ground. And I will, 
I will go to my grave right now and say, like, I'm going to die on this hill because you scored that touchdown. I don't care what anyone says. I got a feeling Gina uh, will say the exact same you. thing. He'll go to this grave saying that he crossed, yeah. crossed the line. So <laughs> I watched it. I've watched it about 20, 20, 20, 30 times. And I still believe that I got past, I got through the hit the plane. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, I still haven't to this point, haven't really seen an angle to where, what they've seen, but you know, at the end of the day, I look at it like everything happened for a reason. So, like, we won, and it is what it is. I, obviously, I wish I would have got the touchdown, but we, we ended up getting it either way. But, you know, I just feel like uh, them quarterback sneaks were, man, those, those were those were some wars too, man. Yeah, no, that I, can ball, 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 ball. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, try to, I try to make it easier, you know, for, for VA and everybody to, you know, try to score before we got to do the sneaks. But, you know, uh I, I feel like I scored though, man. I really do. I really, I really feel like I got past it, and I, I'm sure a lot of people would say the same thing. But you know, it is what it is. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm telling you right now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with you. I I looked at this numerous times, and I, as far as I'm concerned, you scored the touchdown. But <laughs> like you said, I guess, I guess yeah, everything happens for a reason, and maybe they want to build the drama. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. But again, the ends justify the means. We got the win, or you got the win, I should say, and that's that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got the win, man. That's that's a, I'm gonna be that's a whole team effort to that from the beginning to the end. When um, I don't know if you'd heard that, you know, your 114 yards that you had versus Calgary was a was your career high in the CFL. We've asked many mm-hmm. players that who've come on the on the show before this question. When you hear that you've set a career goal in a particular game, does it really? Does it really mean anything to you at that point, or is it just another part of the? If you do win the game, it's just another part of the of going one and zero that week. Um, I could say it definitely, it definitely is part of you know just going one and zero. But at the same time, um, winning and losing is the most important thing. So like, if we would have lost and I had a career high, I don't. It, it, it's not as it's not as enjoyable for me because I didn't do enough. That, I, that that's the way I feel. You know what I mean? So um, I, I'm grateful for for the 114 yards and. Actually, I had a had another catch probably that was about forty yards that got called back <laughs> for a holding call. So probably would have hit probably like one hundred and fifty. But you know, um, I, I the thing is, I'm I'm very I'm very I'm a very confident person. I'm a very confident player. Um, I know what I'm capable of, and I know the the ability and the and the things that I can bring to to you know my team. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, I to be honest with you, I, I I even think because I had ten catches, I don't even think that's enough yards for me. I feel like I, I feel like it's more in the tank, man. It's, it's more, it's more, it's more yards for me to have out there. But like I said, I'm grateful. But I feel like it's more, it's more, it's more that I can give, and it's more that I can get. There's a couple catches that you know I could have probably did a little more on. But um, like I said, like you said, we won, and 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 just, we just got to take it, take it just like that. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is a. I mean, just a year, just between less than a year. The difference between 2018 and 2019 for this Montreal Alouettes team has seems to be, uh, you know, night and day. Um, obviously, what yes. for you? What is what has been the main difference when it comes to? Because obviously, us as fans, we don't get to hear what's happening mm-hmm. inside the locker room and how you guys feel, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you personally, what is your differences that you've seen that made the 20 the current version of the Alouettes 2019 mm-hmm. different than the 2018 version? Um, I would say maturity. Um, we have a lot of guys. Uh, um, I would say on the defense too, like more, more, more so the defense that have that have won championships. You know, like uh, uh, TC, um, Tommy Campbell. You know, Pat Levels, Siante. 
you know, a lot of them guys, they, they got, they, they've been, they've been around for a little bit now and they, they've got a championship and, and uh, they're hungry for more. You know what I mean? Like they want to win more. Like some people get complacent about winning one and they think like, oh, okay, I got my one and I'm good now, but mm-hmm. they want, they want to eat more and we compete. Like we compete really, really hard in practice, like offensively and defensively because, we got a lot of guys that like to trash talk, you know what I'm saying? And we and we trash talk to each other in practice, and I, I I trash talk to them guys, and we love it. That's how that's how bad we want it, and that's how bad we want to compete. And um, I could definitely just say like that that the competitiveness has has brought us together more as a team, just because you can just see the hunger and how much guys really want it and how much they want to win. Um, and uh, you know, we believe we believe it, and that's what it is. Like, the belief of us, we go into every game knowing and thinking that we're going to win. And I can just know, like, from the past, it would be kind of like, you know, we, we, we hoped a little bit. You know, we hoped things went right, but now we expect it to, you know? It's it's, it's very refreshing to see because, um, you know, as a fan, it can be very frustrating. But as I said, we, we're only seeing the wins and losses on television or in person. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, sure. it's it's nice to hear this type of, of uh, you know, this type of stuff coming from a player. Now, you talk, by the way, you talk about trash mm-hmm. talk. And I ha- at least have to ask you since you brought it up. Who's, yeah. the, who's the biggest trash talker on on defense? Ooh, man. <laughs> I might have. Uh, it's, I have to say it's between two. It's between Pat Levels and Tommy Campbell, man. And and I would say that because I probably those are the guys I usually talk a lot uh, trashy to because I go against them the most. But man, those those them two guys right there, man, they, they'll they'll talk your ear off. I, I love it. It's like for me, trash talking it kind of gets me going a little bit. Um, I, I like it, and it, it and it's just it just uh it kind of like um. Just makes your level of of of, 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 of competitiveness go up. Yeah, you want to do so well because somebody's talking trash, you know. Yeah, yeah, Cliff. That's what's that's what's all about. Just getting getting each other fired up. That's, uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, for sure. Gene, I want to talk about uh, your sort of debut to the rest of the world, for, at least the, the CFL world. Uh, it was almost two years ago, actually. Uh, that game in Winnipeg, uh, where you guys. Yeah. Just about pulled it off, but unfortunately didn't quite make uh, it. But there's that one play oh that yeah. I, I got I want you to take us through it, mm-hmm. and I think you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll just paint the table really quick for the listeners. Uh, uh, Gino caught a pass. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't quite stay in his hands, but he still had the presence of mind to knock it, <laughs> keep it in bounds. For BJ Cunningham to pick it up, and he damn near took it to the house. <laughs> Just one of those yeah. crazy plays. I'll tweet out the link afterwards. But uh, Gino, yeah. talk us about that. Talk to us about that play. What was going on? Your thoughts on that whole experience? Yeah, so you know that was my first. That was my first game ever. You know, playing in the CFL. And um, if you don't, if if you don't really know all the rules up here, then you're not. You're just not going to be sure until you're really told. So um, on that play, uh, it was a scramble. Um, you know. Um, I had doubles. Durant, he uh, threw me a dig route. I caught it, and I'm running to the sidelines, and I actually I see Ernest Jackson. He gets like a he gets a hell of a block, uh, like near the sideline. Like basically, if I would have got around Ernest, I would have probably scored a touchdown. So when I'm running towards that sideline, a guy comes up behind me, punches it out of my punches punches it out of my arm. Um, and from what I was told before was it, the last person to touch the ball out of bounds is their possession of the ball. So in my head, when the ball got tapped out, I'm thinking that the ball is, is going to be out of bounds and I could just tap it, just tap it, but it stay out of bounds. In my mind, I wasn't thinking about tapping it back in, tapping it back in. Like, that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't really what was supposed to happen. I was just thinking about tapping it down so nobody else could touch it. And it 
it fortunately and unfortunately landed back in balance and BJ was aware had the awareness enough to realize what was going on. He picked it up um and, and he got the running and it was it was crazy how it happened. It, it, it ended up, you know, being a positive play in my favor, but it that, that could have that could have went really bad or really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like like you said, everything happens for a reason, and it would have made it an awesome play no matter what. But uh, man, that just crazy! It's one of those only in the CFL kind of things. I think only in the CFL, exactly, man. Only in the CFL type plays. <laughs> I, I still think it'll be Geno's claim to fame. I think it still showed up in one of the uh, one of the plays of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yeah, I think so. If I remember correctly, yeah. I mean, that as you said, only okay. in the CFL. It's one of those type of plays where it's people people <laughs> will remember it. You know, it's 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 very similar to what you just did this past week. I mean, it's if yeah, you know, to me that is too a one of those plays of the year where you were just at that at the pinnacle right there where you needed to be. At the top, at the at, mm-hmm. the at the top, and you, you're able to get the ball. So it's, yeah. So and by the way, you were, you mentioned before too that um, somebody somebody mm-hmm. interviewed and mentioned that the Owls have not won there since '09. Obviously, you're a newer player. Yeah. When you and obviously you, yeah. you know some of the history of the team, but when you hear that type of thing, does it really does it matter to you that it was that it is nine years ago, or that your thought is like, oh wait a minute, we're a new team. Every time that we can can come into this place, we always think that we're going to win. Yeah, so I would I would think like I would say like since I've been here for you know a couple of years now, yeah. in the past it was kind of like you know well Calgary they you know they've been a great organization for a while now and um, we were kind of like we were still trying to find ourselves and we were kind of like we were a little bit we were getting bullied by a lot of teams. They would think they would just come in, you know, uh, it would be a stat game, it was an automatic win, you know, and and we kind of allowed teams to to do that to us um and like you know like i said this year that's a no-no uh, uh we got a lot of dogs you know what i mean we, we're we're about we want everything we want all the smoke we want whatever every anybody thinks of us or however they feel about us they, they they're gonna know now like you're not gonna come in coming to 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 you know montreal or where if we come wherever you are you're not just gonna blow us out we're gonna compete really hard and you're gonna have to beat us like if you want to win you're gonna have to really beat us you know what i mean yeah absolutely uh Talk to us about uh, Kahari Jones taking over as head coach, uh, like basically six days before the regular season starts. Um, so far, it's worked pretty good. But uh, in in your opinion, like just what do you what do you find has made the biggest difference as far as Kahari taking over as head coach? Um, he's a he's a he's a very very good players coach, man. Um, his door is always open. You can always go in there and uh, talk to him about you know any situation, good or bad. Um, he's a he's a very good listener. You know what I mean and. Um, and he, he also takes advice from his players because he knows, you know, that we're on the field playing. And, and uh, uh, at the end of the day, he has to he has to go with the players that he has. So um, I just think I think he's doing a hell of a job. I mean, he's doing a great job as, you know, our head coach and, and still being able to uh, do his duties as the offensive coordinator. And um, I just feel like uh, guys are just believe they believe in him and he believes in us. And it's all about trust. So, um, like I said before, I think he's doing a great job. And I think uh, uh, it's still more to come for him. Uh-huh. Big that he was a, a former uh, quarterback in the CFL. Has he been able to give you some pointers from, I guess, from former quarterback to current wide receiver? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, we 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 meet every day, uh, quarterbacks and receivers, and uh, we definitely um he he definitely puts his his insight in with the quarterbacks and for the receivers. Uh uh, you know, and um, it's it's been working like really good. Uh, you know, he just he, like I said, he sees he sees his way his things on the field and 
and the things that we need to get better at, you know, as receivers and as quarterbacks and basically everything on the field. Um, but it's awesome that, you know, he was a quarterback and he was a very successful quarterback. And uh, even though the game probably has changed a little, a, a little bit since he's been playing, he still was able to adjust, you know, to, to the, the how the game is today mm-hmm. and still, uh, you know, put the things that he did back then now, you know what I mean, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Did he, did he give you any pointers for that touchdown that you threw to Vernon Adams earlier this year? Unfortunately, uh, I've always been a, a pretty good quarterback myself. Um, <laughs> uh, I played quarterback in high school. I'm actually very confident in my throwing ability. Um, I, had, I actually threw a nice couple. Of, I threw a nice touchdown in college when I was at Penn State. Um, uh, honestly, when when it comes to the you know throwing the ball and stuff like that, he just lets me do my thing. Uh, he just he basically just tells me, hey, listen, I trust I trust your decision making. So just do what you do. And I'm just like, hey, that's all I need to hear, coach. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to argue with your 100% passer rating. <laughs> Got the best quarterback rating in the CFL. <laughs> and, I, and I think unofficially, if I look at the next, uh, if I look at the next roster for the game, I think you're going to be unofficially the uh, the fourth string quarterback. <laughs> ah, okay, I like that. I like that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Just stay ready. That's hopefully, all. It is. Hopefully, 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 one day I, I can get a I can get a snap behind center. Hey. hey. Anything Stranger in the CFL. Things have happened. Any, I was say, anything in the CFL, man. <laughs> um, yeah, with, with, every, with everything we've gone through this year, as far as uh, games being canceled because of lightning storms oh, and uh, oh, man. Uh, heat, heat lightning and other sorts of craziness, I you know I wouldn't bet against it, Gino. I wouldn't bet against it. Right. <laughs> Actually, you know, since you brought it up, Cliff, I, I have to at least ask because I heard how you how you responded there. Gino, what what was your mm-hmm. thought as a player hearing that a game was canceled by oh, after only one hour? It's, I mean, it's tough. I'm a competitor, man, and I'm I'm ready to play in thunder, hurricanes, tornadoes, man. So like, and the, the reason why it really hurts so much is because you see a game like like we just had, mm-hmm. and now you think of oh well, what could have happened? You know what I mean? And now it's just like it's kind of it was kind of just taken away from us, you know. And uh, and we took a we took a loss for that, which is very unfortunate because you don't know how that can play out later on in the season or yeah. anything like that, yeah. but. That's tough, man. That's tough. I mean, the, the the I mean the you know the CFL and and all those guys they 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 made the decision and they did what they had to do. But I feel like at some point for the future that that rule is definitely going to have to change or they're going to have to do something to to uh, make it even for both teams. As far as I'm concerned, even though the record your record right currently is four and four now, to me there's still an asterisk next to that one loss. So. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Um, let's uh, before we talk about what you do in your off time for the uh, as a player mm-hmm. here in Montreal, and uh, mm-hmm. we want to ask you about uh, what's the the game coming up this week. Uh, so not your normal not your normal away game here in the CFL because of mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be held in Moncton, New Brunswick, and it's going to be Touchdown Atlantic. Um, as we know, we mentioned as we talked with you before uh, before we started the the interview is that you, we know you don't know much about uh, Atlantic Canada, but um, mm-hmm. how is your thought about heading basically to a neutral site game in order to play uh, in order to play a, a regular season game that does count in the standings? I mean, uh, any differences that the coaches have, have talked to you guys about this week when it comes to playing the Argos? Uh, no, honestly, um, the ba- the main the main thing for us is just. We need to focus on ourselves and get better at the things that we need to get better at, and we can't take Toronto lightly at all. Uh, they got some great players over there. They have, they really have, they have a good team. You know, obviously they're they're going through some bumps and bruises right now, but can't take anybody lightly. Um, you know, it's any given Sunday, Saturday, whatever day you play, um, and and we just have to, like I said, we have to execute, uh, keep keep uh, getting better each week and fixing the mistakes that we make 
um, you know, in the previous weeks before. Um, but we're excited. We're excited to go out there. This kind of reminds me, for me, it's more like uh, when I was at Oklahoma, you know, we played Texas in the Cotton Bowl, which is it's a neutral site um, uh, in Texas. So uh, in Dallas. So I kind of I kind of look at it, look at it like that. Um, uh, you got at some point, uh, one team is going to have to, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> make more plays than the other. And right. whoever wins, wins. But um, I think I think I think, like I said, I think it's a good opportunity to expand the CFL going going to a place where, you know, they don't have a professional team. And, uh, uh, you know, it gives them some excitement and, and it gives us some excitement to, uh, you know, put on a show for some new fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. And one thing I can say, I think Cliff, you'll back me on this one, too. Uh, just as an FYI, the, the, the just like it is in Toronto, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, the end zones are kind of, the, kind of the same as they are over BMO Park. So it's uh, uh, grass, uh, then okay. turf. So just an FYI. Turf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I appreciate you for letting me know that because I did, I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's focus more on you, Gino. Uh, when it comes to like obviously football player, we we know about what we see on the field, but let's talk about you off the field. What have you in the two plus years that you've been playing for Montreal? What's the biggest thing you've yeah. taken away from the actual experience of being in the city of Montreal itself? Um, Montreal, man. Montreal is a beautiful city, man. Um, and uh and actually this year i really i really took it in a lot more than i did the last two years because um the last two years i've really been focused i was really focused on you know just just uh just really trying to make this team and and i still do that each and every day but you know the first couple years you got to really find your place and get coaches to trust you and things like that um i love i just i love the atmosphere man i love i love downtown i love the feeling uh i've never really had any problems with the people here at all um um, I love it's a lot of it's it's great food here. I love I love I love the food here. Um, uh, I think I think um, Old Port and Old Montreal is beautiful. Um, anytime I have visitors come up, I, that's probably one of the, the uh, first places I take them because I just think it's 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 just moments and places that you just got to take in and appreciate. Um, because you know where I'm from, we don't it's not a lot of beautiful things like that. You know what I mean? So um, and I also I lived in New York City, so I kind of compare Montreal to New York City. And, and, and I just see like how clean Montreal is, you know, like even, even when it comes to like the Metro, like the Metro is so clean man. the buses are so clean. And, uh, 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 I, I love, I love that stuff. Man. All right. You, you talked about food. Uh, what are some of your favorite uh, places like Montreal places that you like to go to? Okay. So I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Bustan, big fan of Bustan. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I've been to the, uh, the, is it the house of jazz or the jazz house? Um, it's, it's uh, something like that. It's, I've been to the House of Jazz, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to uh, actually right now. I live in Saint Leonard, so I've been going to Cafe Milano, which is really, really good. I, I'm um, I've been going there probably the last couple of weeks. Uh, um, also, I actually, I actually, I, one of the biggest things I like doing also up here is fishing. I, I fish, I fish while I'm out here too. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and we we've got to ask all the the players this. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll, actually, you know what? I'll I'll let Tim do it. Go ahead, okay. Tim. Okay. Well, <laughs> are, are you pro or anti Putin? And if you're a pro, have you tried it? Okay. So I'm gonna say okay. So first, I, I have I have tried it. Okay. Yes, I have tried it. I've been to a couple places in old um, old port. Yep. Well, I've tried it. Um, I feel like honestly, I feel like it's a hit or miss. Um. 
I've had some really, I've had some really good poutine, and I've had some real bad poutine. Man. I will like, agree with you. I will agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but what I have heard, though, what I have heard, and I haven't tried it there yet, but I have heard that um, McGill Stadium has some really good poutine. That's new to me. That's interesting. Okay. Because yeah, I, yeah, yes, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard like, I've heard like really, really, really good reviews on that. Like friends, like people that I have, I've had come up and they've tried it and they said like it's awesome. Huh. Jeez. Yeah, if I say I learn something new every day. So Me too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, now you got me curious. Yep. I, man. Yeah. Yeah. Next I'm home game's not for another I few weeks. I, I I, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think I'm gonna have to try I'm gonna have to try it at the stadium at some point if if if, if, if they're talking about like that. There are a couple of places too that I know Cliff would suggest to you. I know you wanted to at least mention those Cliff where if he hasn't tried them, he needs to go to this specific okay. place. Well, I'd be shocked if especially if uh, BJ didn't take you there, uh, La, La Banquise. I've been there. Okay. I have been there. They have really good. Their poutine is good. Yeah. Okay, because I'd, I'd be stunned right now because I, I I've known BJ quite a while and he, that's one of his gems is that place. So if if he didn't take you there, I'd be I'd be floored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BJ 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 has been to so many restaurants. It's crazy. I, I don't even know how he remembers all the names, but. <laughs> <laughs> I too, I too, because I've never been to Labanquis either, but I can say that for a, a poor man's good poutine, if you head over to uh, like mm-hmm. one of the uh, La Belle Provence uh, restaurants, they usually have a pretty good poutine for the uh, okay the, uh, on the cheap. So, um, so uh, uh, I'm gonna have to keep it in mind. Yeah. What? So what do you? You know, what do you do in your in your spare time? I mean, it's uh, you know, you're done practicing, you're heading home, you know, you're 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 putting your football brain away for the day. What do you do to wind down or just to have fun? Yeah, so like I told you before, I'm a big fisherman, man. I like to fish when I can, usually like on the days off. Um, just go out there. It's very peaceful for me. Um, I like to, uh, I, I'm a big, I'm a Netflix guy. Um, I watch Netflix. I'm actually, a really, I'm really big into Animal Planet. Okay. Um, um, I love, I love Animal Planet. I love aquariums. Um, I've been to the, the Biodome. At Olympic Stadium, uh, and I'm I, actually I can't wait till the till the remodel is done because I want to go see it again in December. Um, I like to uh, I play I don't I don't play too many games honestly I'm not a big game guy but I do have a PlayStation Two. I like to play the older games, man. I like I like old stuff, man. I'm I'm kind of like a uh, <coughs> I'm like an old man a little bit. Um, and then I also <laughs> and there's also there's a, there's a park uh, that I live by that I literally I go there every day. I take a walk there. Um, it's just it's a it's a beautiful sight for me. Um, I go there. It's it's people playing basketball. It's people playing volleyball. It's kids out there riding their bikes, riding rollerblades. Uh, you know, flying kites. Uh, you know, there's just so many families out there, and it's for me, it's a it's a beautiful setting just because you know, it's a little different in the states, especially you know where I'm from. A lot of people, it's a lot of bad things that happen at parks. You know where I'm from, and when I come here and I see this here and it's, and I see kids like running around with no issues and no problems and, and, and you know the parents are just like yo just go have fun uh, i think i think i think that's a beautiful thing man i i i just uh it's something that you can take for granted if 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 you don't see it every day you know what i mean so uh i just go there just take a walk there and i just i just appreciate it like man this is a this is beautiful that you know kids and, and families are able to come out here as a dog park bring the dogs and stuff like that and it's it's, it's uh it's probably one of the best parts of my day that i do every night Wow. Now you brought it up twice. I have to ask, where are you fishing, Gino? It's like, I'm like, where in St. Lawrence are you fishing? Are you fishing in it? Yeah. In a, oh, really? Yeah. So, so it's, I, I, I've been to a, a few places. Um, I've been to a couple of places that's kind of like near the casino. Okay. Um, there's some, there's some parts over there where I can, where I can, uh, go fish. Um, I've been, I've been, um, 
I stayed with, uh, is it north of Montreal? I've been like some parts over there. Okay. Uh, I usually just try to, I try to find spots like, uh, 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 like on the river where like I can like sit down and like, uh, it's some, it's some parts that I've been to. I, what I have to do is I have to start learning how to say the parts because when I don't know how to say the parts, mm-hmm. I don't know what the part is called. Okay. You know what I mean? So I gotta, I gotta start writing it, writing it down. So then I can really start giving these names also other people can go check it out too. You know? We need to, uh, if you ever had a chance, we need to somehow get you to come up to into the Laurentian Mountains up near St. Sever and Morin Heights and stuff like that. They got some great places where you can just sit, relax. It's on a, it's on a, on a lake. You don't got to worry about the, about the river at all. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just perfect. I would love that. How far is it from, how far is it from the city? Uh, it's about 45 minutes. Oh, that's not. That's easy. I yeah. drive too, so I, I could definitely make that trip. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I said. If you and it's the same thing too. I mean, I think Cliff, you'd probably suggest also uh, um, uh, Mont Blanc. I think it's another place you can go to. That's about an hour. Okay. Oh. It's about an hour and a half, I think. And uh, but it's yeah. yeah. There, there's some great places up in the Laurentian Mountains that are just very, very picturesque. You get away from the city, and it's just absolutely gorgeous yeah you talk about god's country that's yeah that's it right there yeah exactly exactly yeah i'm uh, yeah i'm definitely gonna have to keep that in mind i'm gonna have to get that name from you again yeah sure yeah right for again. sure okay cliffy go tell, ahead. You, tell you what we'll we'll, yeah. we'll just go ahead and we'll plan your bye week for you yeah, Gino. You it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> for sure okay cliff go ahead and uh, take us home man all right well do you know okay. you, you you said it all man uh, we definitely appreciate you coming on and uh sitting and chatting with us for a bit um I guess one thing I just want to ask really quick, though, is obviously the goal is to win the Grey Cup. But personally, is there anything else that you'd like to see done by the time this season's finished in November? Whether Montreal makes it to the Grey Cup game in Calgary or not, what are your what would you when you look back on 2019? What do you want to be able to say that I did this and I'm really glad that I did? Um, I really want to be able, you know, as a team to say this year that we turn we turn this organization around the way it used to be like as in a, in a, in a winning sense, um, because this city, this city deserves it, man. This is, this is, this is a great city. And these people, um, they're very, di- they're diehard fans, man. we got like winning and losing. And I've tell I could tell that from the last couple of years and they deserve, they deserve a winning team. And I want, you know, the fan base and, and everybody in Montreal just to be like, man, that 2019 Montreal LOS team, they, 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 they were a great team and they gave us some great games and, a lot of excitement, man. I just, I just want to look back and, and for them to say that uh, this team was appreciated. All right. Now, if you're not following Gino on Twitter, well, first of all, shame on you. But uh, Gino, how can people find you on social media? Yeah, so you can follow me um, on Twitter. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, at Gino All Day Seven. Um, I do not have an Instagram. They call me No Gram Gino. <laughs> uh, <coughs> And that's that's basically that's all the social media I really use. I'm not I'm not a real big social media guy. I'm on Twitter though, just because um, I, I I like a lot of the stuff that's on there. But other than that, yeah, just follow me on Gino all day seven, um, and uh, you know I appreciate it. Perfect. Well, Gino, we we really greatly appreciate your time. We wish you all the best this mm-hmm. week versus Toronto up in Touchdown Atlantic, and we look forward to seeing you again at home in the next couple of weeks. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you guys for uh, having me on your show. Once again, greatly appreciate to Gina for for joining us. Um, to get, he's a, you know as we, as this with all players, I love hearing their different answers to some of these questions, especially about their personal life and stuff like that. But um, I'm I'm after hearing what he has said about how the team, how he feels the team is, and stuff like that. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very optimistic for for what's uh, what I hope to be for the rest of the 2019 season. 
Without question. Uh, Gino is just absolutely fantastic to talk to. Uh, very articulate, very well-spoken, and uh, you, you hear the passion in his voice. You can yeah. tell that he really wants to bring it home for this city. Like He loves playing here. He loves being a part of this organization, and he just wants – he, he wants it bad enough for everybody. So, uh, again, hats off to him. We definitely appreciate him, and he's definitely always welcome back on the flight deck anytime he wants. Exactly. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before we get to news and the game itself, but uh, uh, we were talking about it before the interview about um, uh, about the command center, and I put this out on social media, and I, and I think I think you I think you echoed the same thing to me back. Um, is I think the the and I've mentioned this already twice to the commissioner for the last two owls uh, get-togethers that they that we've had here that that have included the owls here on the Randy road on the Randy's road trips. Um, I really do think that, and as you mentioned in the uh, the owls turnover this week, uh, I really do think that it's time for uh, the CFL to be a little transparent and to start broadcasting. Especially on major calls. I mean, that one at the end of the game would have been very interesting to see. Whether you're whether you believe it or not as a fan when you hear their call, but I think it's about time that the CFL starts broadcasting uh, the cho- the the conversation from the command center live to the broadcast. And I know it sounds like it's it's a, something that happens. It's probably going to be a decision between the CFL and. Um, and TSN and the other broadcasters, but I really do think that it, that it is about time because maybe they'll be a give a little bit more clarity. We may not like the answer, but it will give a little bit more clarity. We can see what angles they're looking at, and we'll be able to de- to determine, uh, see why they did what they what the final choice ends up being. I mean, I do understand you won't be able to see it in stadium, but you know what? The other leagues that do do this, it's not it's not an in stadium thing where the fans get to see what it is. You just get to hear what the answer is. So, yeah, you know the the, the as I said before, I know the arena league the arena league does this. Uh, wow, I think uh, the NBA does this openly. Uh, not to the you don't get to hear what they're saying, but at, at least what was the other the other league that you put in your in the alternative? What, what was the other one besides the arena league that you put in there? Well, the Alliance of American Football. Oh yeah, that yeah, in the Alliance of American Football, exactly. So I think it's, I think it's about time that they think about this because, as I said, just give a little more clarity. We why they made the X Y decision, uh, especially if it is a major thing, because I do understand they they try, you know, if it's on a, it does have to be if it's a a touchdown or a play that is, uh, that could easily turn a game, you know, then. You know, do those, but as I said, some of the minor ones, it's something that they got to think about. That's something that, that they really have to think about when it comes to that. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of decisions, too, Cliff, is it, it's very interesting that uh, the league, after what has happened two weeks ago in Montreal with the, with the change, with the one hour and done delay, that all of a sudden it seems that the league and the CFLPA are going to be talking about this again to see if they can make some modifications. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. I, what I don't understand is, is that if that's the case, if you think that this is going to piss off enough people, and I understand that it was negotiated, whether the players knew about it or not, because I, I, you know, we've heard different things, but making the choice after the fact, you know, I mean, I, I, I got into this conversation with somebody on social media where it was like, well, you know, I said, uh, he goes, well, uh, you know, the commissioner just can't unilaterally change the CBA. Yeah, but my thought back to him was, oh, but but yet the league can go ahead and change the uh, 
can uh, the, the commissioner can go ahead and unilaterally change after talking with everybody, blah blah blah, making modifications to the uh, uh, to the replay rule and how many how many uh, how many challenges that each coach has. So it's come on, think about this stuff before you, you do it. You have to put a contingency in. There have to be some sort of rules, I think. But it, I mean, I think it's going to really not me, Cliff. Is that if they end up making a modification, and obviously we are not going to be able to benefit of that because the game was however many X weeks ago after they made mm-hmm. their decision. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of trying to save face, I guess, I guess at this point, or just trying to pay lip service to the fans, mm-hmm. and not just Alouette's fans, but also fans of the entire league, because there were, again, from all nine t- uh, fan bases, everybody was upset that the Alouettes didn't get a chance to try and come back against the Riders and were denied the opportunity. So now for the league to come out and say that they're going to be making potential adjustments or at least revisiting the idea of making adjustments as to, I guess, coming up with a more fair way to decide when Mother Nature intervenes in these affairs. Uh, Again, it's of little consolence to us now because, as you said, the the game where we got affected is long gone. It's already in the history books and nothing's going to change that. So it's uh, it's just kind of interesting I, uh, that they would do that. So I guess we'll see just as, as the, over the weeks and months go by and as they talk with the CFLPA and decide what would, what would be the best course of action when we encounter scenarios like this. Because, again, I get the whole player safety angle, and yeah. these were all the things that were negotiated with when it came to the most recent CBA. I appreciate and understand that 100%. But at the same time, it's conveying that same message to everybody and then finding a solution, even if it's after the fact, that works for everybody. And I just don't know if you really can. And, and even if you could, as you said, like the fact that, well, we got screwed over by the previous rules, but now, now we're, you know, next time this happens, if it happens again, maybe they'll be better prepared for it. I, it's, it's a catch-22, really. That's yeah, the only and nobody, really, nobody really got hurt, so to speak, when they made modifications to the, to the, uh, to the replay rule. Nobody got hurt. No team ended up, you know, getting a loss or whatever because of it. No, exactly. So, so it's uh, quick thoughts on what what on what I thought about uh, when it came to transparency for uh, for the uh, command center. I'm with you 100. percent I definitely don't see the reason why you can't have that split screen shot. They they certainly love doing split screen shots on TSN, anyways. When it comes to Mike games and uh, other uh, extracurriculars, so at this point, especially too. As you said, whether the call goes in favor of your team or against it, you, you may not be happy no matter what. But at least having that clarity, that understanding as to how they arrived at the conclusion that they did may not affect you one, one way or another. But at least knowing full well, like, OK, well, the, clearly they're not out to screw us. It's because this is how this is what they saw. And yeah, I just I don't really see any negatives as far as yeah. opening opening up or pulling back the curtain just a little bit. And at least showing people, at, at the very least at home, sort of the process that's going exactly. on as far as making those decisions. And as I said, they, they do it in the Arena Football League. They did it in the Alliance of American Football. And in both instances, I've seen both instances in action, it was clear, it was concise. And at least you got to understand where the referees or the eye in the sky was coming from mm-hmm. in making those particular calls. And as I said... You may not like it because, yeah, it could mean your. T- it could be the difference between winning and losing, uh, whether it's a challenge or taking a potential touchdown off the board or anything really. At the same time, you're still giving folks 
that transparency. You're giving them a chance to understand the decisions that are being made. And as far as I'm concerned, I just don't see a negative to that. Yeah. To be able to uh, at least be able to say at the end of the day, you know what? Here's the call. This is how we saw it. We've looked at it from different angles. We and even show a couple of those different angles. This is how we arrived at that conclusion. Yeah, and we can hear him talks amongst themselves, that type of thing. So, and and, it, yeah. and by the from what the commissioner said, I don't want it shown at the because I know the league tried it. To, I think it was two years ago, three years ago in the preseason uh, at a game. Oh, no, the you know, uh, Alouette's last game at Hamilton. Oh, two years ago. Yes, uh, t- they had a pilot project, and he's, you know the commission's like, well, it's hard to do it in the stadium. Okay, I get that. I don't want to see it in the stadium. You know, I really don't care. You know, at least I can go back and, w- and possibly watch it on TV. It just needs to be shown. Transparency on the broadcast. That's all. That's all. So I I, I agree. I just, I just don't think it's that difficult a thing to do, and I think it would make a world of difference in how people perceive how the game is being called. Mm-hmm. Again, you're 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 probably not going to be happy one way or another, especially too if that decision affects your team. But you still walk away knowing that okay, well at least they explain it. It's not like they just you know kind of try to sweep it under the rug or pretend it didn't happen or just basically say, well that's just how it is and too bad kind of thing. Like it just doesn't. Like that's that. Those are the things that I find leave a bitter taste in fans' mouths. But if you go in and you explain as clearly and properly as possible, and the NHL does this too, well, more after the fact when it comes to explaining why certain players are being fined or suspended, and they sort of show it's everything true. in action. You're right. They they do it. I mean, it's well after the fact, but so it's maybe a little bit easier to handle that way. But at least you you're still at least getting an understanding and a, a sort of an explanation as to why the call went the way that it did and why that decision was reached. So for me, I think it would truly benefit the CFL. And again, it'd be another one of those ways where they're sort of pioneering things. And again, we've seen how it works in the Arena League. We've seen how it worked in the Alliance of American Football. And I wouldn't be surprised if the XFL, when they debut in uh, in February, I I wouldn't be surprised if they do something similar as well, just because there's an interest in it. They've... Fans want to understand and they want to be educated as much as possible as to why certain calls go a certain way. So why not give the fans what they want? And I I guarantee you, if you ask most CFL fans, if nothing else, they at least want an explanation as to why a call was made. And as I said, it's not going to make everything better, but at least you walk away knowing, okay, well, this is – I sort of understand where they were coming from with this. It's – as far as I'm concerned, it's not that difficult. So, Randy Ambrosi, if you're listening, this is something that – this is what you really need to discuss. A little bit more, I'd say, than the whole weather delay kerfuffle. I mean, I again, Mother Nature doesn't – it only intervenes once in a blue moon. But bad calls happen almost every single game. Like, that's just – to me, I would say that would be much more of a priority in trying to – I don't want to say fix, but at least – make things better, improve it a little yes. bit. So that's how I would phrase it. Yeah. And to me that that just seems like a just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. Is it? And I know that they, I knew there would be things to work out because obviously they're, they 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 look after every single scoring play. I think there's at a point where you can determine if this one is more close, if it's not a given. You you need to, you know, especially especially if the coaches if the coaches call to the booth. That I know should be shown. That I know should be shown. So it's yeah. Well, as I said, it's it balls in their court. Balls in their court. Unfortunately, I don't see the ball being returned. 
We'll have to go to the uh, booth for that one. Ah, uh, um, uh, before we talk about the game, Cliff, uh, I know there was some news and notes that you wanted to mention this week. Yes, uh, as you touched upon earlier, unfortunately, Taylor Loeffler did indeed tear his ACL and is now out for the season, which is a crushing blow. I'm not going to lie, because Taylor has been absolutely outstanding while wearing an Alouette's uniform. Uh, he missed a couple of games earlier with a knee injury, and a lot of people were worried that he had torn his ACL at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he came back, and guy still played like a man possessed. And just I love watching him at, at safety. He just he reads the field so well, and he's been not shy about putting the wood down on people. And it's, it's really unfortunate that unfortunately his his season got cut short like that. Uh, and just. Again, just the turf monster, man. They, they, he'll get you every single time. And I feel bad for Taylor. I, I hope he heals up. And uh, I I guess uh, now we just have to see where the Alouettes go as far as the free safety position goes. But uh, I, again, can't can't say enough good things about Taylor Loeffler. He's been an absolute stud in the games that he's played. And I just hope he heals up really quick. Uh, as far as other transactions go... Uh, We've got a familiar face back in the lineup uh, in uh, Shaquille Murray Lawrence. He's been added to the practice roster, a, running, a national running back, uh, which tells me that uh, potentially um, maybe William Stanback is still a little more dinged up than we expected. Uh, I mean, Jeremiah Johnson's been doing a, a great job, and we know we've got Ryder Stone in the backfield, uh, maybe with uh, Shaq Murray Lawrence in the in the potentially in the lineup uh, next little bit, we could be looking at an all Canadian backfield, uh, or at least a, a more Canadian heavy backfield, uh, I should say. Uh, as a result, too, uh, Kashi Mwamba was also let go. Although I have to wonder now, because uh, he actually filled in for Loeffler when he got hurt and played, I thought a pretty good game. I wonder now with the news of uh, Loeffler going down, especially too, you got a national player going down. Ideally, you'd like to replace him with a national player, which Kashi Mwamba is. I wonder if uh, he doesn't get added back to the lineup in the next couple of days, or at least back to the roster in the next couple of days. Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, like I said, these are just uh, some of the uh, the good, bad, and ugly of football when it comes to transactions. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, this team will keep going forward. Yep. Um, another thing, too, by the way, for fans who don't know, uh, we were talking about the what happened with the the rain shortened game. The Alouettes did announce on uh, on August fifteenth that they were going to have a special offer for ticket buyers of ones that were at the game. Um, uh, and Patrick Boab actually stated he goes, although the Alouettes are are in no case responsible for the premature end of the August 9th game, it is essential for us that our fans to be for our fans be satisfied with their experience. In our stadium, and that is why we have decided to make a special offer to buyers who were present at the game so they can come back for another 2019 game at a very good price. Um, basically what it was, and it couldn't be couldn't be put together with any other offers, by the way, including Alouette season ticket holders who are at that level where they have an X amount of dollars in their bank that can't be used towards those. It's a totally separate ticket. Season ticket members will be offered a 50% reduction on the price of a regular season member ticket for any of the rest of the home games. Individual ticket buyers, flex buyers, and partial season ticket members will also be offered a 50% reduction uh, for the rest of the season. The group tickets they have, uh, they have to contact their account manager. They will also receive a 50% discount. And fancy bought tickets at the, at the stadium's ticket office on the day of the game 
they'll have to go to the actually to the front office located over at the 1260 Robert Barassa Boulevard or call the ticket office at 514-787-2525. Uh, they need to make sure that they have their ticket at, uh, as proof of receipt. Um, just also one thing, just remember too, that this valid, because we're only announcing it now because it was announced last week after we did the show. But the offer is only valid until Friday, this Friday, August 23rd exclusively, and it's only applicable to the 2019 regular season games. I know that you do have a, if you did have a ticket in your season ticket holder, you were, you were sent an email with a code where you could do it. Um, and it is, as I mentioned before, the offer is applicable to regular stand tickets only, not applicable to sections which include food and or beverage. So props to the league, uh, props to the team for doing this because it is true. They really didn't have to do it. I know they, there was something, there was a rumor going around that uh, the, the, the Owls tweeted something out about saying that they were going to try something. And a couple, you know, uh, about you know, a couple days later, they were able to make the announcement. So if anybody hasn't taken advantage of it, Cliff, make sure you do so, Cliff. Because um, <laughs> you fall into this category. And if you haven't done it already, you, dude, you only got two more days to do it. Oh, that's it. And yeah, definitely, folks, if you did go to this game, you've got the, tick, you got the ticket in your hand. That's all you got, folks, is go out and do it. And this is your chance to come back to the stadium at a much lower price than what you paid originally for for that ticket. Come back and you – I don't have to sell you folks now, I think, on Alouette's football. I think you realize now that this is a fun, exciting team to watch, win or lose. And let's just hope Mother Nature decides to leave us the hell alone because <laughs> that's – like losing a, a game like that is terrible. I don't mind losing – well, I do mind losing, but I mean, I don't mind losing overall, but to, to not even have a chance to finish the game was really unfortunate. And yes, the Alouettes legally didn't have to do anything like this. They could have just said, well, this is how the league works and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Chuck you Farley kind of thing. But true to their word. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but true to their word, they did say they were going to do something to make try and make things right with the fans. And I give them... I, I give them a, a whole bunch of credit for this because this is definitely a great opportunity for fans to come. And maybe you were thinking about trying to see a game in um, you know, some a certain section and you just couldn't quite afford it. Now you just might be able to with uh, with this particular promotion. So, And this is good for any remaining game. I mean, there's, there's some good games that are going to be coming up. I mean, the rematch against Calgary is going to be happening in Montreal October 5th, for example. Yeah. Uh, I mean, next home game is September 6th. I mean, you're going to avoid all the Labor Day stuff. Uh, like I said, there's, there's still there's still plenty of time to get tickets for some good games. And even now you can do even at the Bobblehead Day game coming up. There you go. I mean, <laughs> that, that's versus Winnipeg, if I remember correctly. So as far as I'm concerned, folks, I mean, the, the Elowitz, they stepped up big time here. And. If you don't take advantage of it, you've only got yourself to blame. So I mean, like this, like I said, only it's only good till till Friday. If you got your tickets in hand, you got your receipt. Get in touch with the, the with the Alouettes. You know, go to the, go down to the uh, the office on Barbara Brassa. Pick up the phone. Do what you got to do. But take advantage of this offer, folks. I mean, my goodness, like I I I don't I don't know what else to say. Like I mean, this is this is terrific. I mean, and again, the team didn't have to do anything, but sure enough, they stepped up when they had to and it's all for you the fans that's what they're thinking about is just let's keep the fans happy let's show the fans that we care and that's what they're doing with this promotion right now so 
by all means, if you haven't already, go out and take advantage of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, the game this week is the uh, the Touchdown Atlantic game. Um, it is also the fan plane game again this week, and the Alouettes sent out a, a notice thing earlier this week that it was sold out. It took them, I think, a little bit longer than normal, but it was sold out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, what is it, Monktonites? New Brunswickers? What, <laughs> what do they call themselves? Uh, Monktonians? Monktonians? It's not like Halifax or Haligonian. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Alouettes flight deck will not be in the house. Uh, yes, it's... Uh... It it's happens. unfortunate that we it just it happens it, it happens and but again I, i'm thrilled to hear that the the fan plane has been sold out uh sounds like there at least will be quite a few alouettes fans taking uh taking advantage of this which is awesome uh i've also seen promotions too like in other maritime cities like buses are actually like game day buses are actually going from one from halifax right one from halifax one from newfoundland if i'm not mistaken oh, wow how are they, they going to drive on the water uh, very carefully, <laughs> and uh, also one from uh, PEI, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, like the fact that again, it, this is how you got to sell this game, it, and you got to sell it to everybody in the Maritimes, not just people in New Brunswick. So the fact that they're doing game day buses to the game, where, where you're getting your your bus ticket to and from the game, as well as a game ticket, that's great. I, I sincerely hope those buses are being sold uh, sold out. Uh, I haven't heard anything more recently about those, but uh, the fact that they're at least offering that shows to me that they are serious about trying to make this game really work. And I think a lot of people were kind of concerned at the start of the season, just, well, you got the two worst teams in the CFL. Well, not anymore, you don't. Now you've got well, one of the worst teams in the CFL. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Yeah. But no, like, the fact that now you're going to get to see a very exciting Alouettes team live, to me, that's what's going to help sell this game to people out in the Maritimes. And I sincerely hope that everybody goes to this game, has a blast, and I really hope it it creates a great atmosphere. It just gets people excited, the potential of going out east to watch football. I, I know the end game is to have a stadium built in Halifax. And it could we could see a scenario, though, that the uh, Atlantic Schooners end up playing their games at Moncton until that stadium gets built in Halifax. That's right. But... For that to happen, just for that to even be in, under consideration, is you've got to show that you want it. And I really hope that by these maritime bus trips that are happening and the fan plane and er- all these, uh, even fans just on their own dime getting out to Moncton to be a part of that, to be a part of this, one, I won't say once in a lifetime event, but this rare occurrence of an event, uh, it's exciting. And I, I sincerely hope that uh, everybody tunes in, everybody checks it out. And I, I just want to see a full stadium out in Moncton, and it's. I, I, I'm also looking forward to a what's going to hopefully be another great game from Vernon Adams and company. I hope so too. Uh, it will be the first time that the Alouettes have played in the uh, Touchdown Atlantic uh, game since uh, September 21st, 2013, uh, where the Alouettes played against the the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, this. I, I, I'm looking at this game, and as I said, we don't want to, we don't want them to look ahead. And, and as Gino said too in the interview, they don't want to look. They're not trying to look ahead of Toronto. You know, they're giving all props they can to, to Toronto. You know, as I said, to teams to go through some issues and whatnot. So, um, but uh, one thing I was very surprised about Cliff about this game itself actually was the line for this game. And I want, to, what, I want you to tell me what you think about this. Now, obviously, we know if we've seen some very weird um, uh, lines this year when it comes to games or you know, teams are favored by 10 points or more and more and more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
I am very actually very surprised that the Alouettes are only favored currently. According to Five Dimes, they're only favored by six points. Really? Seriously. What I think is funny is that Saskatchewan right now has the highest line of the week. They're favored by ten and a half points over Ottawa. So they think the Argos are that much better than the Red Blacks? I don't know, considering that Hamilton currently is only favored by three and a half points over BC. Which what the? I'm dead serious, dude. Who makes up these lines? Is it is this some like monkey in Vegas that just like is hitting buttons at random and spitting they out ha- these? They have some reasons. I don't know what what it is, but I said I think that the Owls line should be a little bit higher because we're just going to center on the Owls game here. I think the Owls, Owls line should be a little bit higher. Right, and no no disrespect to the Argos yeah. because they, they've been playing hard football, and they, yes, they got their first win recently. I mean, like th- this is not a team to take lightly either, especially no. No. with the news, too, that uh, help is on the way for the Argos. Uh, they ha- just hired uh, Jonathan Crompton as their new quarterbacks coach. I was like, yeah, I heard about that, too. I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, Jim Pop is his best, baby. You know what? I, I was kind of joking uh just talking that uh, it seems like Jim Pop is kind of re- trying to recreate that feeling they had back in 2014. Remember when the Alouettes were one in seven? They yes. ended up hire- they ended up hiring a quarterback coach, a former CFL quarterback coach, quarterback as their QB coach, and taking their two young but raw talented quarterbacks and trying to make something happen with them. Yeah, but and lo dude, and behold, yeah, but dude, Jeff Garcia is a hell of a lot better than Jonathan Crompton. I'm sorry. Well, that, that's that's what I said. It's like <laughs> Jonathan Crompton. Bless him for everything he's done for the Alouettes. Yeah, yeah. he's no Jeff Garcia. No, and he's the no club Sam, Bethel, he's no Samson either. But still, he's <laughs> and uh, also too uh, comparing uh, James Franklin and McLeod Bethel Thompson to Tanner Marsh and Jonathan Crompton. That's not fair either. I mean, that's just a, a different, uh, a whole different animal altogether. So I mean, again, I'll give I'll give all the props in the world to Jim for everything he yeah. does. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And whether this I, the thing I don't understand is like. Crompton has no prior coaching experience. Like he's got playing experience. He's definitely played in this league. And uh, Tanner, so, Tanner Marsh has coaching experience. Not only that, Tanner Marsh has a coaching has a national championship under his belt as a coach. Yeah. Huh. But you don't you, you don't think to pick up the phone and give him a call? Okay. I, again, I, well, far be it for me to say yeah, exactly. anything negative about Jim. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm I just I find this move puzzling. Yeah. I guess yeah. like, I mean, and Hey, if it works, it works. I mean, we, we, we've known better over the years and not to really doubt what Jim pop does, but just on the surface, this seems like a very interesting move, I guess. Shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see what comes of it this week. Um, overall though, Cliff, uh, give me your, uh, give me your, your thoughts on the game versus the, versus the Argos in touchdown Atlantic over at Stade Crable Medivy stadium. <laughs> well, again, I, I don't. I don't think for a second anyone on the Alouettes is going to take the Argos lightly, especially when you still have S.J. Green in the lineup, and he's still performing at a very good level. Uh, for me, the key though is these quarterbacks. Uh, whether it's uh, McClub, uh, more likely this will be McClub Bethel Thompson. I don't think we're going to see Zach Caleros in the lineup. Uh, James Franklin uh, apparently is on the trading block, or at least uh, inquiries have been made about him. So. Who knows who's going to be the quarterback uh, when it's all said and done? But uh, no, no matter mean, what, this you mean Winnipeg, <laughs> for example. Yeah, for Winnipeg. But uh, I, th- I think the key for Montreal in this game is to whoever the quarterback is, you got to rattle him early and often because 
these guys they play hard. They can still score points, though. They, they this is still a very decent offense when it works. But Montreal's defense, and we saw last week, we didn't see quite as many turnovers and uh, just that dominant play that we've been seeing over the past few weeks. And again, I think that just comes to the fact that Calgary's offense is so high powered that you got to play the game of your life just to be able to hang with these guys. And uh, that's not to say that uh, the defense for Montreal is going to come in and just bully Toronto around, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to really make their presence felt and just give Vernon Adams all the time he needs to make plays because you know he will. If he's not finding his receivers, he's tucking that ball in and he's going for a run. And that's all they have to do is just stick to the game plan that's been working so far. They've uh, they've just done it. Like I, Once again, I'm fully expecting to see a boring first half of football, putting everybody to sleep, and then Vernon's just be like, okay, I got this. It's time to go. And that's what he does. I'm looking forward to seeing him doing that. And if they can just find ways to shut down guys like Ar- Armani Edwards and SJ Green, like they should be, I don't believe James Wilder – is going to be a part of the offense uh, in this game. At least I'm not 100% convinced that he has, he's going to be. So that's one issue the Alouettes may not have to worry about. Uh, they just got to control every aspect of the game as much as possible. And as long as they don't take Toronto too lightly, uh, I think Montreal can come in, go into Moncton, a place that they've, uh, well, unfortunately haven't had very much success in. And if they can just get keep keep the momentum going and get that important divisional win under their belt. Yes, that's big. Yep. That, that that'll be huge. Yep. And and I think for Vernon too, look one more look at one more read before before you throw the ball. The interceptions this past week, double was it double coverage, I think, for one. One where the I don't know if it was the receiver or it was Vernon who missed the read. Take if you have to look at one more receiver, look at one more receiver. You can't throw can't throw the interceptions and the he's been lucky over the past three weeks when it comes to how many balls have been dropped that should have been picked. Mm-hmm. It's you know what if you have to use your feet, Vernon, use your feet, man. We know you can use them. We know you can use them. Just absolutely. We gotta we gotta you know we gotta control the 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 turnovers. So, but either way, um, you know, we want to wish everybody, all the fans going up, the best of time. And don't forget the game. Eastern time is set to kick off at twelve. Twelve on Sunday. Twelve Eastern. Um, it is going to be starting uh, uh, at one o'clock. At uh, uh, Atlantic time. Atlantic time. Um, don't also forget that we are on social media. There are places that where you can find us. Probably the best place to find us is uh, by on Twitter, which is over at Alouettes FL Deck. You can also look us up over at our Facebook page. Just do a search for Alouettes Flight Deck. Also, if you want to listen to the archive for any of the shows for the uh, for the pod, uh, you can do so by heading over to www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. Or you can head over to Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. So where are you going to watch the game? I haven't decided yet. As I said, it's unfortunate that we can't be in Moncton for the yeah. game, but uh, we'll uh, you know we'll definitely find a, a nice nice place to watch the game and, and just enjoy it. Exactly. That's, exactly. Although Sundays, like Sunday mornings, man, I hate getting up early on Sundays. And <laughs> it's still technically noon, dude. <laughs> Your point being, uh, nothing. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> well, I hope everybody enjoys the game this week. Uh, hopefully, the Alouettes can have another uh, have another great uh, uh, outcome for for the team and they continue their uh, uh, their rise 
in the Eastern Division. So, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, we, as I said, enjoy the week. We hope to see you back here next week. So everybody here at the Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Take off! Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.